And you know what they call a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? Oh, man, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. And what do they call it? They call it the Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What do they call a Big Mac? Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac. <laughs> what do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go on a Burger King. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week we have a special first-time guest with us, uh, Mr. Aldrin Lee. Aldrin, why don't you say hi to the podcast world? Hello. <laughs> so, Aldrin, um, how do we all know each other? We are cousins. Really? From, uh, like, uh, go ahead. I don't know. I was just going to ask you how. <laughs> <laughs> We're all first cousins, actually. Yeah, in, vi- in varying degrees. You're like you're like the middle child of us three. I I am. Yeah, I bridged the gap. I've known both of these guys all their lives. Um, I think Aldrin's all- known <laughs> Jeremy all his life. <laughs> Jeremy, you have you've known us all your life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, welcome to the uh, Weekly Real Podcast, Aldrin. It's good to have you here. Um, I, I remember when me and Jeremy were having our podcast meetings, and we were thinking of potential guests. You were definitely near the top of the people we wanted to bring uh, on board uh, as a guest because I know firsthand uh, that you watch a lot of movies, you watch a lot of TV. We've had uh, some interesting and fun conversations about both. And uh, I thought you would be a really, really good addition to to the Weekly Real podcast. So definitely welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, for sure. So uh, this week, uh, we are going to be talking about Pulp Fiction. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to be talking about uh, something current. Uh, you know, we try to keep things current with pop culture and entertainment uh, here on the Weekly Real podcast. And we're recording this on the Wednesday after the Emmy Awards, the Primetime Emmy Awards that took place this past Sunday. And so, guys, I wanted to kind of start this off with uh, with actually a TV question. I don't think we've done that yet on the Weekly Real podcast. So with the Emmy Awards, just... Um, just this past weekend, uh, I just wanted to see what your best or favorite season of TV that you've watched uh, in the last 12 months, so within the last year. So, Jeremy, do you want to go first and share um, your favorite season of TV? Yeah, sure. Like, I wanted to almost say The Mandalorian, but I was like, oh, that's kind of too obvious. So I said um, Jack Ryan on Amazon Ooh. Prime. Cause I don't watch that much TV. And so when I decided to like start that show and um, I think it was their second season uh, yes. last year. And I, you know, I, I enjoy the show. It's like very espionage uh, spy stuff. I really enjoy that type of stuff. Yeah. I remember uh, I think right around the time the second season aired, I, cause I was behind on Jack Ryan. That's when I started binge watching the first season. Uh, but I ended up stopping maybe 
three episodes into season two. I just got just busy with a bunch of other stuff and other shows. So, so it's really good. You, did you like it? I liked season two. I think I probably enjoyed season one more. And it's funny because mm-hmm. in season one, if I think it was that Ebola virus thing, right? And which mm-hmm. reminded me, I'm like, oh, shoot, cons- conspiracies about this whole coronavirus stuff now. I'm like, you know, someone probably activated it and it's all the government's fault. And I don't know, some weird stuff like that. Conspiracy theories. Oh. Yeah, well, we're never going to be uh, devoid of conspiracy theories, especially, you know, with TV and movies, like just stoking the fires. <laughs> so um, Aldrin, um, what was your favorite uh, season of TV that's aired the last year? Right. Um, I had a little bit of trouble trying to think of a couple of shows. I've been catching up on some older ones lately, but I think one of my favorite ones is on Netflix right now. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's Money Heist. I've heard of it. I haven't I've seen it yet, it. though. Yeah, yeah. I've seen like the, you know, how the trailers pop up uh, automatically. Right. This is probably one of those things where the trailers actually doesn't, it doesn't sell the show well enough, I think. Maybe that's why I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. The, the photo that they have on Netflix is horrible. The thing, it's actually a really good show. It's about a bunch of robbers who, um, they're, they're trying to perform like the biggest heist that, like in history, I, in Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona? Yeah, the Royal Men of Spain. So I think yeah, you like gotta have that list. Exactly. A couple of billions and it's in Barcelona. So then <laughs> it's actually a really good show. Um I actually thought of two shows for this one. Oh, my yeah. other favorite is complete opposite here. It's gonna be uh What We Do in the Shadows on Hulu. Have you guys seen mm-hmm. that one? I have not. See, this oh, is why wow. we we have yeah. these little segments in our in in our podcast so that we can actually Take the time to actually watch these on our own. Yeah. So the um, this is uh, was created by Jermaine Clement and uh, Taika Waititi. Mm. Great director. Yeah. So um, the the movie was great, and then they they made a uh, three seasons of um, of the show on Hulu. So far, it's a really good comedy. It's about vampires. I don't know if you've heard about it too much, but yeah, it's about vampires living in um, New York, Staten Island, I believe. Sounds pretty interesting, especially with all the people they have on board. So, could might have to check it out. Gotta yeah. get on those TV shows. Yeah, the TV shows are. I, I think have been where it's at past few years. I think even bigger than movies because they have an opportunity to expand on stories, you know, much longer than a couple hours. So, yeah, I agree. You know what? And that was even before, like before me and Jeremy obviously started this podcast. I. I feel like, uh, well, I agree with you uh, completely, uh, Aldrin, where if a TV show is done really, really well and the acting is good, the storylines don't overstay their welcome, mm-hmm. I feel like high-quality TV will trump uh, movies, um, especially if you know, you're talking about just a two-hour block of time or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I know that a lot of the movie franchises are starting to you know, obviously see that and just have uh, sequels or whatever, and obviously... We have the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're, you know, smack dab in the middle of our franchise uh, series that we're mm-hmm. doing uh, here on this podcast. But I think they're kind of catching on just cat, uh, doing some of these um, TV principles and doing that on obviously a larger scale. Right. Um, the TV show that actually a few shows that I want I, I was thinking about. I, I wanted to share. I was thinking about sharing these two. One of these two. I ultimately did not pick one of these first two. 
But uh, one of my favorite shows I, that I just jumped back into um, after I bailed after season two was Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, uh, I, the, it aired its uh, penultimate season, season five, and they're still filming season six. It got delayed because of coronavirus or whatever. But season five was as good as any season on Breaking Bad. Um, I think I mentioned it to Jeremy on like one of our early, early meetings or whatever. But I wanted to mention Better Call Saul. I'm not. Succession season two was brilliant. It won the Emmy for uh, best drama. Uh, it was really, really, really good. Um, and I enjoyed it. It's just the characters are just crazy. Um, so, but that being said, the show that I wanted to highlight as my favorite uh, season of TV was Watchmen uh, season one. And I just felt the reason why I picked it were, uh, were for a few reasons. Uh, the first being that the content within the show um, is still very relevant in today's social uh, climate. Uh, also, I've always been a big fan of Damon Lindelof. I think me and Aldrin share this um, same thing. Um, been a fan of Lost, mm. despite how it ended, and The Leftovers. And, and I just loved, loved how he, um, how he portrayed Watchmen, did that whole thing. And I just felt like it was just gritty and groundbreaking, especially the episode, uh, it was the penultimate episode uh, titled A God Walks Into a bar. A bar is basically the last name of the main character. And I won't go into any spoilers or anything, but Jeremy, I thought you would like this. You know how like last week when we were talking in Tenet mm-hmm. that, you know, your main criticism, one of your main criticisms this uh, was there was too many uh, conversations just happening at a, like a dinner table or whatever. Okay, yeah. Well, the whole like base of that episode happens to be two characters just talking in a bar at a table and then they use like uh like flashbacks to kind of tell the story and i don't want to spoil anything but i felt like that was probably the best episode of television for sure of 2019 late 2019 but it's up there of all time i don't know if you've seen it have you seen it aldrin i've watched um succession the first season i haven't watched the second season yeah. How about how about Watchmen though? Watchmen was good. I enjoyed that one. Um I have this thing of watching these shows when they first release yeah. in their entirety, maybe within days. And I've I'm thinking back and then like Jack Ryan feels like two years ago. Uh Watchmen <laughs> feels like about a, over a year and a half ago. And that's why I'm watching like some of these older ones, but it's nice to revisit the newer ones actually. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. And and that's part of the reason why I wanted to pick Watchmen is because there's a really good chance that that will be the only season. <laughs> I mm. think D- Damon Lindelof does not want to do an, a second season despite um all the pressure from probably right. HBO and all the critics uh critics that love the show or whatever, but uh, it was definitely my favorite um favorite season of TV for sure. Nice. Yeah, so Aldrin you know, this is your first time on the uh, the podcast, and I, th- I think you remember. Uh, I remember you telling uh, both me and Jeremy that you've uh, listened to uh, most of our episodes, except for mm-hmm. I think the last one. Yeah, and so you know, this is a uh, this is a thing that we do have every week. We call it our podcast ritual, where we do share 
one TV show or movie, especially a movie. Mm-hmm. This is a movie podcast after all uh, that we watched within the last week. And so Aldrin, I'll give you first dibs. Um, what was one movie or TV show that you wanted to highlight uh, for this past week? Yeah, I did a little bit of background stuff on Tarantino watching the hateful eight extended version. And I was watching. Oh. Yeah. I, I dove deep this week, but um, I'm not going to mention those, even though I've mentioned them. Uh, I watched The Devil all the time. Did you guys watch that one? It's on Netflix right now? I've seen yes. half of it. Half I've of seen it. it. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I, I saw it the other night. Um, pretty good cast. We got Tom Holland on there. We got uh, Sebastian Stan. Um, Skarsgård. Skarsgård yes. brother is always good. Those guys are good. Um, Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Red crazy one. in that movie too. Yeah, that was really good. Um, definitely a dark movie. Not a movie you <laughs> oh watch all the time, nor do you want to. Um, but I thought it was a really good movie. Yeah, that was that was definitely a rough watch. Actually, yeah. <laughs> like I enjoyed it uh, just as the same as you. I was just like, "Whoa, they're really showing this," and right. it just kept going. Yeah. And it was, uh, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for Jeremy because he's only watched half of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it it starts off really slow, and I think you've only watched the slow parts. It really picks up um, after they show what Tom Holland, right, when he makes his appearance. Yeah, I've I've gone a little past that part because me and my brother are watching it, and you know he he's busy with work and all that stuff. So, so we try to sneak sneak in some parts of uh, Devil all the time, and you know it's like it's not a very uh happy movie to watch before work <laughs> so uh yeah we only got through half of it but I, I like it so far you know it's really depressing but i'm excited to finish the movie yeah you should be yeah. um just uh um <laughs> uh, yeah just uh maybe watch something happier uh right after something like that to kind of even it out you want to balance that out yeah i was a little hesitant to watch it actually i mean I don't usually catch on to these movies when they're first released. Mm-hmm. And especially if they show a little preview, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll put it off a little bit. I wasn't really that interested in it. But uh, the more you watch, definitely the more involved you get. I I agree with that. Uh, yeah. I was um, surprisingly awake when I watched it um, on Friday night. And usually Friday night's end of a really long week. And I'm, sometimes I'll just doze off in the middle of whatever I'm watching that kept me awake the whole time, hmm. the whole time. Um, there was obviously certain scenes where I was like, whoa, they showed that. Yeah. The funny one was um, recognizing uh, Dudley. Dudley. Uh, in there. I was like, this kid looks familiar. Super creepy. Yeah, Roy. Mm-hmm. Roy. That was, uh, that was, he's interesting. He's, uh, he was the one that, uh, yeah, I don't even want to give spoilers. Yeah, he was the one that spoke at church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I that that was him. I did. <laughs> That's Dudley. I'm just now thinking about it, I'm like, you're right. It's like this guy looks familiar. Don't know where. And I was like, it's probably Harry Potter or, or like one of those kids from there, something grown up. And he definitely was. Anyway, yep, definitely it was Harry Potter for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to uh, share your uh, movie or TV show? Yeah, I actually got to watch Mulan, the new one. Oh. Um, yeah, I didn't, I really didn't like it. So, ob- objectively, it was an okay movie. 
subjectively though, I wanted to like kind of stop watching like halfway <laughs> through. No, I was like, uh, like, it's just not, I, it didn't like, I didn't, I didn't sit well with it. It didn't sit well with me at like with the point I was watching, but my mom really wanted to watch it. It's like, Oh, let's watch Mulan. And we were, and I'm like, uh, it's not as, it's not as good as the animation. Uh-huh. But so I actually watched a different movie though. I just wanted to mention Mulan really quick. Cause you know, that's a recent movie. Um, just some random movie. I, I watched this movie called uh, meet bill with uh, Aaron Eckhart. It's like some, a uh, comedy movie. It's not very good, but I just wanted something light and kind of it, it. It felt very like a TV movie. Some like really <laughs> movie not, <of> the week. <laughs> yeah, movie of the week and not memorable at all. But you know, it was something that I needed to like. It's like a good palate cleanser type type of movie. Just something I think easy. I that. that one was like from a few years ago, at least, right? Yeah, like 2007 had uh, Aaron Eckhart, Jessica Alba, and uh, Elizabeth Banks. Oh, that's a pretty good cast. Yeah. It was uh, right before Aaron Eckhart did uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Rachel! <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ken? What did you watch? Actually, it's funny. Um, I guess... Oh. Me and Aldrin were still kind of thinking on the same wavelength. I was going to share The Devil all the time, but just in case, because that did come out last Friday, I was like, just in case someone brings that up, I had a backup. So, I mean, I, you know, like I, I did watch The Devil all the time just because, like you said, it involves Spider-Man, Batman, The Winter Soldier, Pennywise, and the kid right. from Harry Potter. Right. Um, and, I mean, you basically said everything that I was going to say. But the movie that I wanted to share was the movie... After I watched it, like immediately after I was like, oh, man, that was rough. I need to watch something that's kind of dumb and kind of funny. So I was still on Netflix. So I ended up rewatching for the first time in a bunch of years, the Starsky and Hutch uh, 2004 remake with uh, Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson and uh, Vince Vaughn. Oh, my goodness. It I I forgot how funny and underrated that movie is uh, because obviously they spoof the uh, the TV show and um yeah, I just really just needed to balance out what I watched <laughs> on The Devil all the time. Um, and, and I was still laughing at all the uh, at all the gags. Uh, it was just funny with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, especially. Um, do you, have you guys seen that before? I don't think I have. I've seen it, but it's, it's been a while since I've seen it. But it, I remember it being a pretty funny movie. Um, we were, I was too young to watch the TV show, but I do remember the... Uh, the remake and it being with the the cool car and everything like that. I remember that movie pretty well. Yeah, it was funny too because the only inspiration that I had was um la- was it last week um on you know just a random group thread or whatever. Um one of my uh, coworkers was like wanting to do something and so I tossed in that gif with you know Ben Stiller at the end of the movie when they're in their wigs and then you know hit the character that he's playing he keeps on saying do it do it do it and so i i sent that and i sent that gift out and and the gift out and i just remembered it and after i watched the the devil all the time i was like oh you know what i should watch right after let's watch starsky and hutch because i saw it um like on my like on the front page of of netflix and so uh definitely check it out jeremy if you want something kind of stupid and uh kind of like you know like kind of like a time period uh comedy but kind of a spoof 
Uh, Snoop Dogg's in it. Vince Vaughn. Uh, who else is it? Juliette Lewis. Um, and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Will Ferrell, <laughs> of course. Oh man! Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> you you almost forget Will Ferrell's in it. What was his character's name again? I'm sorry. Big oh, Earl. Man. Big Earl. Right. <laughs> there t- there's a little bit of a spoiler. I, I like. It's like, whoa, they they mistaken um, some other dude as Big Earl, and they're like, but. Well, maybe, well, maybe he's Big Earl. It's like, well, but he's not really that big. Oh, maybe it's an ironic name. It's like, well, it's not like he's like small. He's more regular sized. <laughs> so it was just this random thing. I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to mistake uh, someone for Big, big Earl. But uh, yeah, definitely check it out, Jeremy. It's pretty funny. Cool. Yeah. So um, quickly, before we get into Pulp Fiction, um, Definitely enjoyed the uh, conversation so far. We'll do a little bit of uh, episode cleanup uh, from last week's episode, Tenet. And so, uh, again, every Tuesday following a brand new uh, release, we do have uh, a poll uh, related to that episode. And uh, Jeremy, do you want to reveal what the poll was and what the results were? Yeah, so we basically asked our listeners, our audience, if they've seen Tenet, because obviously we have. So we asked them if they saw Tenet, and 57% said yes, they have seen Tenet. So someone dr- at least drove at least probably an hour. If you live in California, it's hard to find a movie theater that's open. Yeah, for sure. Aldra, uh, have you seen Tenet yet? No, I haven't seen it. Okay. But you you know, you know, do watch um, like Christopher Nolan films and everything? I definitely wanted to see it. Um, hesitant to go to the movie theater, but uh, I'll definitely get around to it for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I would imagine they'll probably uh, release it uh, on streaming or some sort of service uh, quicker than normal, just because of the you know the current cir- circumstances. Uh, but yeah, every um, every Tuesday, um, just wanted to remind everyone that we do have these episode related polls, uh, Jeremy. Where can they find these polls at? So they can find our polls on, I think, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Weekly Real. Yes, at Weekly Real. And so um, this week, you know, we're, we're finally at uh, the point where we're talking about uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. And so uh, in this episode, we meet two hitmen, a gangster and his wife a boxer, and a couple of robbers that are all connected uh, by Quentin Tarantino's uh, stylized storytelling in in the 1994 classic Pulp Fiction. And so uh, the reason why I picked this uh, movie was something, it was one of my favorite movies. I mean, I actually haven't seen it, admittedly, in in a while, in in a few years. So I had to, you know, catch up with some stuff. But this was Jeremy's first time seeing Pulp Fiction. And so, Jeremy, uh, were there any expectations going into watching Pulp Fiction that you wanted to share? Well, so obviously it's a Tarantino movie, so I knew some weird stuff was going to happen for sure. Uh, The only thing I didn't, the only thing I knew about the story was I heard about the gimp scene. And I was like, oh, shoot, what's going to happen? Like when the gimp actually showed up. Later on, um, in um, you know Bruce Willis's storyline, 
And I was like, oh, shoot, here we go. What's going to happen? I thought it was good. It's a crazy scene, right? So I didn't know what to expect during that scene. I was like, oh, shoot, someone's going to like explode. Someone's going to get their head chopped off. I have no idea what was going to happen. And obviously some bad stuff happens in that scene too. Uh, but yeah, just knowing Tarantino, just you never know what to expect. And so my expectations, I knew I was going to be entertained. I knew I was going to be surprised and uh, weirded out. And I knew to expect uh, shots of feet, <laughs> but at least not, not as much as uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that in uh, what's about a time. Oh man. Well, I mean, you, uh, you were right uh, for sure in terms of what to expect. Um, I'm really surprised that you actually did find out about the gimp scene already. And I honestly uh, wasn't looking forward to watching that part of the film again, but I was just like, Oh, we got to do it. Anyway, um, what were your, overall thoughts uh once you did see pulp fiction like what you know what would you think about it it was one of those movies that it's like just pure fun for sure it was like tarantino basically want made a bunch of like short films that he wanted to make and put them all in one movie and basically all in the same universe i thought that was really cool just like the way they uh intro the movie like defining pulp because the whole movie is like if anything can go wrong it will go wrong and i think just the one scene that displays that so well is uh when bruce willis uh, uh escapes from like the whole gimp stuff and then is like looking <laughs> at the his choice of weapons it's just going one by one and it just gets crazier and crazier from like a hammer to a chainsaw. Then he finally settles on a katana. I'm like, this is, this is not right. <laughs> it's like, but it, it's so fictionalized and, but it's so awesome at the same time. Um, any other uh, thoughts on, on Pulp Fiction? Well, I also think every scene that Samuel L. Jackson was in, he, he stole the show every time, like everything he said, like the dialogue, that they gave him was hilarious every time. Basically, like later on, we talk about our favorite quotes. It could be basically anything that he said. <laughs> was like I could have picked any one of those, but I tried to pick something else. Spoiler alert! But yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. He's super young in that. Oh, I know. He looks really uh, slim, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing I didn't expect was the whole separate storylines. Like, like I mentioned, they were like short films because they weren't connected at all. So, and there's no really like long story thread, I guess, of the movie. Yeah, uh, it, it just a bunch of random little short stories. And uh, I mean, it's actually kind of related to uh, the topic that I originally had for a little bit later on in this episode, We but we might as well just get into it now. Um, you know how last week we did talk about Christopher Nolan in Tenet, you know, kind of played with time, and he does that mainly in in across all of his films, really. And so, uh, you know, Tarantino uses uh, the use of a non-linear story um, storytelling form of storytelling uh, to basically kind of mess around with the timelines of pulp pulp fiction. So, what do you think about that, um, Jeremy? Well, I also expected 
the whole movie to be Samuel L. Jackson, Jules, and um, John Travolta, uh, Vincent. I thought it was I thought it was going to be them the whole movie. So I didn't. I guess that was one of my expectations also. So when the movie started and like the whole op- opening scene happened with the the restaurant robbery, and then it ends with the same scene, I thought that was genius. I love that when it's all like comes back comes back around in the end. I love that type of stuff. Oh, and when John Travolta was like killed randomly by um what's by his Butch. name? By Butch. I was like what ha- what? <laughs> it's like it, like cuz my expectations was it's going to be he's going to be there the whole movie and so when he just dies randomly in the bathroom, uh I was I was very surprised by that. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it caught me off guard too the first time I watched it. Uh, what do you think, Aldred, about like, uh, like kind of like the playing around with a nonlinear uh, timeline? I think it's uh, it's what you said. It's like a um, a long story set into individual skits, broken up. But when you think about it, the end of the movie is in the diner, meaning the front is the this movie's in circle. So then I liked how it relates to each other in that way. I think the more you watch it, as you remember um, the first time that I watched it, this was like early 2000. Um, I think I dove into it with Kill Bill and then I watched Pulp Fiction. Um, when I was much younger, we rented uh, Pulp Fiction and Blockbuster. And this was a movie that was not appropriate for uh, a young, what was I, 1994-ish? Maybe let's just say 96. So yeah. I was maybe like 12, 13 years old. And that's not that's not the time to watch Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Especially with that gimp scene that Jeremy alluded to. Exactly. Um, that gimp scene was stuck in my head and the diner scene was stuck in my head. So I don't remember how I remember those things. But when I watched Kill Bill, I watched Pulp Fiction after that, remembering those scenes. Those stand, uh, stood out to me f- so strongly that I... But, Sorry, going back to the whole thing, the whole thing being a circle and then looking at it in, in its entirety, that's what makes um, Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, he's referencing other movies too. It's Mia Wallace, which was the characters and it was the team that was um, in that, uh, what do they call it? Um, the show that they made and canceled. Yeah, it was the, uh, what was it? The six... Um, you know, the, the Foxy character, the blah, 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 the one oh, with yeah, the, the specialist, the Japanese with yeah. the katana kind of thing. Those were a Fox force five. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. This is, this is why Quentin Tarantino is awesome that he, it's all synced together. Uh, I remember when both me and uh, Jeremy were, you know, kind of texting you in a group thread and you're, we were like, Hey, you know what? Would you want to come on board on, uh, on the podcast? And we were, uh, once you said yes, we were like, oh, sweet. Okay. Well, try to think of some movies that you might want to come on board with. And I remember vividly the text that you had sent. You're like, oh, anything with Tarantino and uh, Wes Anderson, you know, that's going to be to be determined for a future uh, podcast episode. So be on the lookout. A little bit of a spoiler alert. But um, Aldrin, I wanted to ask you, it's like, why was uh, Quentin Tarantino one of those uh, first directors that you wanted to kind of talk about, especially one of his movies? It's it's funny because uh, Tarantino's actually maybe not my loved 
director. I, I do appreciate a lot of directors, but I think his movies and films are uh, movies I'd watch very often because you could just throw them on and just have them in the background. You could dive deep into it. You could really think about it or you could just have it but um, playing in the background. But I think the thing I appreciate most is the the characters that he develops, the dialogue and all that. That's where there is the most interest in his films, I think. I mean, they look cool. They have like really stylized and visual um, soundtracks are always really solid. But when it comes down to it, it's it, you could either dive really deep into it and overanalyze everything, or you could just watch it light, like a light viewer. I think that's the thing that I really appreciate about his films. Yeah, no, I t- totally agree. It's like uh, I remember uh, one of the some of the films that I have put on rewatch was where the Kill Bills Volume One and Two. Um, it's like if I wanted to watch something where I wanted you know a little bit more dialogue heavy stuff, I'll watch volume two. If I just want to watch a crazy action film, I'll just watch, I'll just put on volume one. Right. And um, same thing goes for just rewatching um either Pulp Fiction or Glorious Bastards or any one of his other films. You know, it's right. just uh it, there's something for everyone, mm-hmm. just like you said. Yeah. And so um kind of going, I mean. Pulp Fiction is widely regarded as a lot of people's favorite Tarantino films. Uh, do you have like kind of like a hierarchy in terms of like a ranking of where Pulp Fiction would fall, you know, for for other Tarantino films? I do. It's probably one of my least watched. I, I know that's kind of weird to say, but it, it's probably one of my least watched, maybe down the middle. I mean... Um, I do have a little bit of a ranking. Uh, Kill Bill was one of the series that introduced me to Tarantino. So I think that was one that I've always enjoyed from the beginning. I would say it's probably one of my favorites to just kind of throw on. Um, having Glorious Bastards behind that, uh, Django and Chain, Hateful Eight, um, then Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs following that. So um, it's probably it's probably just something that I need to revisit more because when I watched it this recent uh, recent time, it made me really appreciate it a little bit more than I used to um, watching, thinking about it, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you could tell that he still, like, throws, like, some little throwbacks or whatever mm-hmm. from, like, you know, his more recent stuff to, mm-hmm. like, you know, some of his older stuff. So I could definitely see that. I, it's, I, I completely agree in terms of, like, Pulp Fiction. I mean, it, it, it had been a while since I'd seen it. and uh, But then there was some other stuff that, I've seen way more often because there's a little bit more of a rewatchability. Right. Uh, I think he's criticized as someone who, who who has created a formula and Pulp Fiction started off so strong that he seems to replicate that. But I think he's improved as a director and story, yeah. his storylines and his characters are much more developed than they have been. And even though he came out with such a strong movie up front, it's, I think it's even better over time. I think. Completely agree. Uh, Jeremy, like, uh, do you have a little bit of a, uh, a hierarchy in, or a ranking um, in terms of uh, where Pulp Fiction falls with uh, some of the other Tarantino films that you've seen so far? Yeah, I actually didn't get to watch like The Hateful Eight or like Reservoir Dogs. I've watched the first Kill Bill, uh, but I actually have to say my favorite, I think, is Django Unchained. Mm. Um, oh, where would you put um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? By curiosity aldrin for me it's a i think it's just after reservoir dogs i've watched um once upon a once upon a time in hollywood maybe twice 
I haven't really watched it as much as the other ones. So it may be just a repetition thing where I appreciate films a little bit more. But I'm, when I first watched that one, I did enjoy it, but I didn't really like it as much as I expected it that I would. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I enjoyed it, but I do need to revisit it more. Like to just to, cause it is a strange movie, but that's what you, you come to expect. But I think I definitely need to rewatch that. But I think Django Unchained is like super funny to me and I guess right. super violent. Right. Uh, I always like that type of stuff. <laughs> it's funny how people think Pulp Fiction was really violent when you watch uh, Django Unchained and uh, Hateful Eight. Those or vo- really, or vo- Kill Bill Volume 1. Volume 1 of Kill Bill. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh man. I think they even censored the, uh, the violence in Pulp Fiction compared to those other films that he's created more recently. Yeah, I ex- I actually expected it to be like even bloodier than it was. So uh, when I watched it, uh, watched Pulp Fiction this time, I was like, oh, it's like I guess it's a little toned down, <laughs> right? Except for the car scene, of course. That one's probably like the the messiest that I remember mm-hmm. in yeah. Pulp Fiction. But or uh, it it was a it was pretty graphic when um when Mia almost OD'd. That was pre- mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. Because you can see her face. It was her face that they showed the most. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. did the close up and they mm-hmm. had her um, foaming at the mouth too. Mm-hmm. And, or like, I don't know if that was throw up. I was probably throw up actually. No, yeah, I think about likely. it. Oh, man. Brutal. Uh, but guys, you know what? Um, just wanted to um, want to ask you one last thing uh, as it re- relates to, you know, just random topics within Pulp Fiction. This was a little a bit more of a, a lighter one uh, in Pulp Fiction. We did see a briefcase used as mainly a MacGuffin, um, you know, just to kind of advance the plot a little bit, but we never actually got to see what was inside that briefcase. And so Jeremy Aldrin, if you were in the film and you had a chance to open the briefcase, what would you hope to see inside that briefcase? And so Aldrin, since you're our guest, why don't you go ahead and take this one first? I, I think I remember looking this one up a long time ago. Like, what's in the briefcase? What is what's so you know? And I think a theory that was there was that it was uh, Marcellus's soul. I like that theory uh, yeah. that he sold his soul to gain the power that you know he had and established. Um, personally, I wanted to. Uh, I in my mind, I thought it should be something that valued Marcellus, you know, and. Uh, the funny thing that I came up with in my head was that it was Gwyneth Paltrow's head that was in there. <laughs> uh, Tarantino does this thing where he has like similar actors throughout his films. And I thought it would be funny that it was Brad Pitt from Inglorious Bastards in this connection that it had with it. But in, obviously he didn't um, direct the movie seven, but I just thought something of value and somehow Marcellus mm-hmm. maybe thought there was value. If it was money or gold, I think that could have easily been transferable to anybody else. It had to be something that Marcellus cared about, I think. Um, yeah. I just thought that would be kind of funny and silly, I guess, Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Yeah, I actually mentioned Yeah, I mentioned that I watched Seven uh, last week. Oh, really? The Tenant episode. I, it oh, was my funny. first time wa- watching Seven, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And especially the what's in the box scene. Yeah, what's in the box. But in this case, what's in the briefcase. That's funny that you mentioned that. I didn't know you guys mentioned that, that you've seen it. That's funny. Oh, they would have to uh, They would have to kind of shred up um, Gwyneth Paltrow's head or whatever. Right. 
Maybe uh, it's just, just the face. The briefcase. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just the face. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Jeremy, what, what would you want to see in that briefcase if you were in Pulp Fiction? If I was in Pulp Fiction? Yeah. So, like, because at, at one point, like, I was just thinking something funny, like, um, not what I would want to see, but it would be, like, what Tarantino would want to see. It's, like, his mm. freaking uh, feet picture collection. That's what I imagine that would be uh, Tarantino's. But for, for me, cool. I was like, uh, I was thinking it's it's the keys to the Batmobile, any of the Batmobiles, except for Clooney's, I guess. Um, <laughs> either that or the Bat credit card, which appears in uh, Batman and Robin. So it's not too far apart, 1994 and 1998. So the Bat credit card would be on there. <laughs> that's so a bad. good one. That's, that's a good one. Well, the the thing that I was thinking, I was like, okay, obviously they had like that goldish glow or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, I wanted to take that stylized aspect out of it. I just wanted to kind of make it a little bit more realistic. So the thing that I thought of, it's not really too, um, it's not very imaginative, I should say, but I was just like, oh, maybe if it was just legal documents naming me as the sole heir for a Marcellus Wallace. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just get to inherit like literally everything. And it could be gold. It could be just random stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is Marcellus's briefcase anyway. So I, was, I just thought I was like, okay, just name me as the sole heir. Kind of bypass Mia a little bit. And if she wants to, uh, I don't know, just kick it or whatever, try to, I don't know, try to persuade me to give him give her a little like all right we, you know we could hang out we could maybe do some dances or whatever at the um that uh, diner i forgot the name of it. Is it yeah i don't think i remember that one either it was at i forgot i guess i i guess i thought i had it oh no here it is jack rabbit slims oh the yeah exactly jack rabbit slims so yeah every week uh we like to involve our podcast audience and try to make this an interactive thing. And so this week, our audience question is what is your favorite Tarantino film? And so uh, Jeremy, do you want to mention where they can get back to us? Yeah. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us at weekly real that's like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also contact us uh, through email as well. And uh, you, have you remembered that or have you learned that email yet? Uh, it's weekly real. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's a no. So it's, <laughs> it is weekly real pod at gmail.com. Oh. Uh, for those of you who want to send us a little bit more of a long form answer uh, of, you know, like naming some of your favorite Tarantino films, you could say why. And uh, yeah, who knows? We'll go ahead and might read that on a future episode. So definitely, uh, check that out. Uh, get back to us in in sharing what your favorite Tarantino film is. So, um, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break. All right, we're back, and uh, we've reached the part of the podcast where we're talking about the weekly real awards and so aldrin since this is your first time i just wanted to actually remind everyone especially for those of you who may be checking our podcast for the very first time uh that we have this 
section where we have these fun awards that we do um, hand out. And, you know, it's inspired by uh, the MTV Movie Awards that I used to watch uh, back in the 90s. And, you know, I just always thought it was pretty fun uh, because they just had random casual categories. And so uh, the first award, weekly real award that we're going to give out is the Marissa Tomei Aunt May Award uh, for what has aged well. And so, Aldrin, since you're our guest, we'll give you first crack at the, the award. So who would get the Marissa Tomei Aunt May Award? This is a vague one that I have, but I would just say that the actors would get the uh, award. Performances by these actors, these are the best uh, performances per actor, I would say. Uma Thurman is great in this. John Travolta, who I don't really, I'm not really a fan of John Travolta, but I actually like him in this movie. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's probably at his best. And this is like, like you said earlier, he, he stole the show on this one, I would say. Oh, yeah, don't, totally agree. Um, I mean, all the performances, I feel like, can be argued their best performances across all of their careers. This mm-hmm. is probably um, at the top uh, of a lot of uh, actors, so I definitely agree with you on that. That's actually a really good um, winner, actually, in terms of just the acting and the actors. So, uh, Jeremy, uh, who would you give the uh, Marissa Tomei Aunt May Award? I would have to agree with Aldrin. Uh, more specifically, the Samuel L. Jackson. I like, like, like I said, he does steal the scene every time he shows up. And I would, I wouldn't mind if they even just made a spinoff of him, e- even if he was just a bum, as uh, Vincent was saying. I wouldn't mind <laughs> just following that guy, go, going to the grocery store, going to the just anywhere with that guy. He's, I would have loved to see a um, sort of spin-off with that character. But, um, yeah, that definitely stole the show for me. Uh, that's a definitely a good one. I mean, uh, I agree with you. Samuel L. Jackson was definitely my favorite character in, in this film. Uh, but, I mean, I didn't want to give like a clean sweep to to Samuel L. Jackson, so I thought of a different one. Actually... I was going to go uh, along the same lines as Aldrin, give a like a vague one. I was going to give my award for the dialogue minus all the racial slurs, but something happened today. We're, you know, we're taping this on the Wednesday after uh, on what the what day is it today? The 23rd of September. And there was a story that broke. Um, I don't know if you guys follow the NFL or anything like that, but there was a story where, uh, the Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured Tyrod Taylor, who's their quarterback. He ac- accidentally punctured his lung while he was trying to administer a pain-killing injection hmm. uh, because Tyrod Taylor had some cracked ribs. And so during one of my breaks uh, at work, when the story broke, uh, one of the Instagram uh, one of the Instagram accounts that I do follow is the Barstool Sports one. And what they did, one of the posts was, it was an edit of a photo of that one scene in Pulp Fiction where Vincent needs to administer that uh, that adrenaline shot into Mia to save her uh, save her life, basically. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, she, he's about to stab her in, in the heart with it. And the edit within the thing was, oh, you know, they put like whatever the team doctor looked like. And then they had Tyrod Taylor as Mia, uh, Mia Wallace. And I just thought it was pretty funny that 
a story that happens in 2020, uh, it, it gets a little bit of a callback back into a 1994 film. And, and that is actually one of my favorite scenes anyway. So um, I had no problem giving it to just for that reason only. And then the scene was just hilarious. Just the back and forth between, uh, I forget the, the drug dealer's name and Vincent, you know, where they were kind of going back and forth. It's like, you, well, Lance. you, Lance, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you stabbed her. No, 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 you stabbed her. It's like, well, you know, the next time you bring in the thing, I'll, I'll be the one that uh, stabs uh, the thing. I was like, oh, dude, it's just so good. So that was, uh, um, I, I just thought it was pretty funny that, uh, that they posted that edit of the photo. And so uh, let's get into our next award. Uh, we call it the Why is Gamora Award uh, for favorite quote, because it was one of my favorite quotes in all of the MCU. And so Aldrin, what was your winner for the Why is Gamora Award? Uh, I had a little bit of trouble trying to think of a good one. Um, Jules was an easy reference, I think. And then thinking about the uh, the diner between uh, Mia and Vincent, I had I liked their conversation a lot. But I think it was just one single scene where she goes to the restroom. I don't know if you remember this, but she does the uh, she powders her nose and she goes, "I said, goddamn, goddamn." <laughs> The way she said it was so funny. And I think that's something that just kind of sticks in my head a, a little bit. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, just the, the delivery was perfect. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, do you got a winner uh, for Why is Gamora? Well, mine's super long compared to, to Aldrin's, but it's Christopher Walken. Uh, oh, right. uh, what's his name? Oh, Captain Captain Coons. Captain Coons, yeah. When it, yeah, when he was telling that story to young butch yeah and it kind of goes like like this i i can't do a christopher walken impression don't don't make me try it can don't you worry, guys deadpan, can. Bro. <laughs> yeah yeah deadpan <laughs> and I'm it's gotta be uh kind of robotic too i can't do it he has such weird pauses it's it's hard to replicate but he says um five long years he wore this watch up his ass then he died of dysentery he gave me the watch. I hid this uncomfortable piece of metal up my ass for two years. Then, after seven years, I was sent home to my family. And now, little man, I give the watch to you. <laughs> I was cracking up after he told it. Like, this is ex- such an extended story and so much detail. And then, all of a sudden, he when you realize where he hooked, like where his father hid the watch and then where uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Walken hid the watch. It's like, dang, that's gross. And then he just hands it to him. <laughs> yeah, it's basically an extended monologue. And then it was like so poignant for, for a while. And then like he, he gets it to where he, where the watch has been over the last seven, uh, the, la- the seven years prior. And dude, I was cracking up too. That was so classic. Yeah, and, and he's saying that all this to a boy, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So inappropriate. And it's funny how how much he cherishes it later on. <laughs> I know, definitely risks his life for it, and he almost did. But still, not as much as uh, not as much as his dad, and <laughs> not as much as they cared for it. He put it on what was it? Um, a camel, right? On a, was camel, a camel or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, my winner um, is actually kind of along also. Well, and uh, I mean, Jeremy knows this. 
Uh, some of my podcast our podcast listeners listeners know this. I'm I'm a foodie, and early on, early on when they're talking about uh, the quarter pounder of cheese, I had to, basically he wanted to mention the whole thing. I even wrote down everything. Vincent goes, you know what they call it? Quarter pounder with cheese in Paris. Jules will <laughs> just says they don't they don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese. And Vincent goes, no man, I got the metric system. It wouldn't know what a what the fuck a quarter pounder is. <laughs> Jules is, eh, what do they call it? Vincent goes, they call it they call it a royale with cheese. Just the way he says it, they call it a royale with cheese. Jules goes, a royale with cheese. Well, what do they call a Big Mac? Well, and Vincent goes, well, a Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it lay Big Mac. <laughs> I was dying when he said that. Oh no, he didn't say lay Big Mac. Uh, Jules, I don't know if he believes it right. He goes, lay Big Mac, and he starts laughing. And it's like, well, what do they call a Whopper? And then Vincent, deadpan, like, serious. I don't know. I didn't go into the Burger King. No, I didn't <laughs> I was get Burger like, King. fired. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man. I remember watching that the first time. I was like, dude, I was hooked right after. Just like their interaction. Uh, I could have just cited like, all of the interactions between Vincent and Jules, like all of their dialogue, especially like the like the foot massage part. Oh, dude, it was so good. Even though it kind of conveys a little bit of homophobia, it's I just thought it was funny, park, right? <laughs> yeah, it's but same ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So you know what? Let's go into our next award. Uh, and you know, Pulp Fiction has so many cameos. And so the next award that we're going to uh, go into is the Stan Lee Award for Best Cameo. It's Aldrin. Uh, who was your winner for the Stan Lee Award? I didn't. This was an easy one for me. It was definitely uh, Steve Buscemi as Buddy Holly at uh, Jack Rabbit Slims. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I agree. Actually, that was my winner as well. Uh, just because I first saw when I first saw it, I was like, oh, shoot, that's Steve Buscemi. And then later on, because I, I, I completely forgot he was in it. And he was in one of the shows that I really got into, um, especially when I first started uh, subscribing to HBO, uh, Boardwalk Empire. And so it's just completely night and day comparing his, you know, just a random waiter, being a random waiter, playing mm-hmm. uh, fake Buddy Holly at Jack Rabbit Slims, uh, compared to playing Nucky Thompson in Boardwalk Empire, who was basically a gangster. Mm-hmm. So funny. Uh, Jeremy, who was your winner? Uh, for um, the Stanley Award. I, I guess this is kind of a extended cameo, but I would say Phil Lamar uh, as Marvin because he's such a great voice actor. He's played so many characters that I love, like Samurai Jack is one of them. And just to see, like, just to hear his voice while he's like super young and then get his head blown off by Vincent <laughs> was, I think, on accident. On, on accident was a uh, was a really good cameo. I almost chose Christopher Walken because that that monologue was so good, but I just wanted to like really dive to the the underrated with uh, Phil Lamar as Marvin. <laughs> uh, fun fact, actually, I uh, you know when they revisit the scene where they uh, basically shoot up uh, Brett. Uh, and they show his friend like in the bathroom. I honestly thought that was Jerry Seinfeld. I was like, Jerry Seinfeld's in this movie, and then I looked it up, and it wasn't him. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's an easy winner. I was like, oh wait, no, it's not Jerry Seinfeld. It was uh, he really one of the look like, He really did look like him, though. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah really young that. Jerry Seinfeld, right? Yeah. Oh, man. So, you know what? Let's go on to the next award. Um, this is the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. There's so many cho- to choose from. And so, Alder, we'll give you first crack again because there are so many of them. So, who's your winner? Uh, this one was an easy one for me, too. There's a lot of great scenes in this movie. Um, but the uh, Jack Rabbitson scene where they dance, that one's always stuck in my mind. Even though it's not like a really fancy dance, but it's just so iconic in my mind. Yeah. That it, I, I feel like it'll just hold over time, I think. It's definitely a timeless scene for mm-hmm. sure. Definitely timeless. And and you could put it over like whatever music you want. You know, it doesn't have to be like the actual music that was playing in um in that scene, that mm-hmm. particular scene. But man, they could play it like, you know, the theme song that they ended up using. Um, I forget the name of it, but you know the one where where it starts off with the movie. Right. You could play that in the background and it, it would go. So uh Jeremy, who was your winner? Uh for me it was the Jules and Vincent in the apartment building with, with Brett. That scene, like the whole like burger and the was it um it was it Sprite? Yeah, it was Sprite. Yeah, it was Sprite. Yeah, that that big Kahuna scene, burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big Kahuna burger. Like I, that, I feel like that scene and the um, the diner scene with the dance is, has been parodied so many times that it's like this whole movie. I feel like is parodied so many times, but for me the that apartment building scene interrogating brett was was so good especially when uh jules did uh the ezekiel verse for the first time if you know fun fact that's not even the ezekiel (laughs) ezekiel verse he hella adds to it uh i think they draw inspiration from something completely different i remember watching a youtube video on it but it's it's not ezekiel 25 17 at least not all of it also a fun fact about that that verse uh it is like when nick fury dies or supposedly dies in captain america the winter soldier that's what's on his um his tombstone oh shoot i didn't even realize that something to look forward to that's a great reference though (laughs) that is a good reference yeah you know i'm definitely gonna look out for that when we get to that in our uh, mc rewatch definitely gonna look out for that well my winner is oh man i had a, a tough time it was between uh, two of the scenes that have already been mentioned were two of the ones that I was really thinking about. I was like, okay, well, I figured these two scenes will probably get picked. So I ended up picking that scene where uh, Vincent accidentally blows off uh, Marvin's head. <laughs> I just that was thought, that was I was like, why, wait, sure. <laughs> I was like, well, I must be some sort of psychopath to laugh at someone getting their head blown off. I'm like, why am I laughing? It Just the hijinks that happens after that. I mean, Harvey Keitel was brilliant after that as the cleaner. And uh, that whole thing. And obviously we see uh, Quentin Tarantino as Jimmy as well. Uh, and his linens, you know, his linens, man. They're high quality. The gourmet <laughs> coffee too. Yeah, the gourmet <laughs> coffee. Exactly. I wonder what kind of coffee they were drinking. Was uh, Starbucks around in 94? Could have been, yeah. I wonder if it was the Starbucks thing. They threw Taster's Choice down the down the drain. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. They definitely threw that under the bus. <laughs> what did you think about Tarantino being in the film, Jeremy? I actually thought that, like, because he obviously gives himself cameos in multiple of his movies, mm. but he had such a like big bigger role than I expected in this one. I'm like, he's in it a lot. 
Right. And, you know, he, he says the N word a few times and that Ooh. surprised me. <laughs> and so, but yeah, I actually didn't mind him. He was pretty funny. Yeah. He, I, he probably got the, uh, the okay from Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, obviously Samuel L. Jackson's always like at least a cameo in a lot of Tarantino films, which I think is always funny. Like one of those, okay. It's kind of like a Stan Lee version, like in Tarantino's own world. I'm like, okay, where's, where's Jules at? Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's always pretty funny to kind of see. He was, I, I forget how young he looked in, in this. I was like, hey, he's baby face. All right. We are at the part of our podcast. It's actually my favorite part. It's the guess the rotten tomato score. And, uh, you know, we have this running tally between me and Jeremy, uh, right now we're all tied up at six a piece, but unfortunately, like last week, um, Last week, Jeremy was kind of spoiled with uh, seeing uh, the Rotten Tomato score for Tenet. And unfortunately, while I was in the midst of watch, uh, re-watching Pulp Fiction, the Rotten Tomato score just appeared directly into my Apple app. And unfortunately, um, I will have to disqual myself, disqualify myself for, our, for guessing the Rotten Tomato score. But luckily, we have Aldrin here to play. Um, and to kind of go heads up against uh, Jeremy. And so, uh, Aldrin, since you're our guest, uh, do you want to guess what the Rotten Tomato score was for Pulp Fiction? Sure. Um, I thought a lot of people would like this film. I know it's a really popular film, cult film, mainstream sort of, but um, 90% I went with. I'm trying to stay a little bit under. I think it would go a little higher, but I think 90% is pretty good. Okay. And uh, Jeremy, what was your guess uh, for Pulp Fiction? Because I would have to agree with your assessment, but I feel like the critics might be a little bit harsher than the audience. So I gave it, uh, or I'm guessing the critics, get crit critics, I can't speak, 88%. Ooh, 80, ooh pretty close. All right. Um, so I'm going to look up the Rotten Tomatoes. I actually re really know what it is, but <laughs> I just want to make sure, even though I know what it is. Make this official. Pulp Fiction. I'm on the Rotten Tomatoes website. And yes, the Apple <laughs> website is still accurate. With a tomato meter of 91. Oh. Pulp Fiction. Aldrin gets the the, the point, I guess, in, in this regard, even though he's not really playing for I got to catch but, up with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Alger wins this one. Uh, I mean, but you guys were both really close um, in terms of the Rotten Tomato scores. So, uh, you know, I probably would have w overshot this one for sure. Like I, I was already thinking in the like 94 range. So I would have lost, I think. Wait, oh, man. No, it would have been tied, I think. 88. Well, Aldrin guessed yeah. 90. Oh, yeah. Uh, he would have won, but uh, I would have sure. tied with you. <laughs> For second place. I notice we keep losing to our guests. We got to get better. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Yeah. Jacob was really close to, uh, to Tenet. I was blown out. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Damn it, Rob Rotten Tomatoes. Jeez. Well, we are about to give our final award of, uh, of the, the episode. And uh, Aldrin, we call this... Uh, award the I'll, I Love You 3000 award where we rate um, Pulp Fiction like our own personal rating but we rate it on a scale of 1 to 3000 so Aldrin what would you give Pulp Fiction I would give it a 90% 90% 
What would that be though? Ninety percent. Roughly. How about is ninety percent? Three hundred thirty-three. Look that up for you. Do a little math on here on the fly. That's twenty-seven hundred. Yeah, twenty-seven hundred. Seven hundred. Okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. How about you, uh, um, Jeremy? I gave it a twenty-six ten. So that's eighty-seven percent. I'm trying to be a little bit more strict. I don't know. People, you shouldn't listen to my ratings. They don't count. I mean, they don't matter. No, <laughs> they yeah. do. That's why we have a podcast, Jeremy. <laughs> it's like my my ratings are all over the place. I feel like I change them every every week. My, my scaling. <laughs> yeah, my, my rubric is all messed up. Oh, man. Well, I actually am pretty close to, to Aldrin's. I guess I'm slightly above his. I gave it a 2,718 for 90.6. I really was thinking not even. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'll start giving pe- uh, decimals because I didn't want to, um, I don't know, duplicate any other one. So 2718, that was uh, on purpose uh, because I would have, <laughs> I would have rated it the same as Aldrin. Oh man! So next week, well, since it's almost October third, we're watching a move that is so fetch. We will be busting out the burn book while we talk about the 2004 film Mean Girls starring Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams. And so uh, like our movie franchise series that we have going with the MCU, um, me and Jeremy have been kind of playing around with the idea of a guilty pleasure uh, kind of a mini series. And so kind of be on the lookout for these random curveballs that we do throw, you know, where we switch gears. So next week, we will be talking about Mean Girls. Uh, Jeremy, are you excited uh, to talk about Mean Girls next week? I haven't seen the movie since high school, I think. So I'm I'm excited to rewatch it and catch more of the jokes this time. I don't I don't know how how I feel about the movie ten years, pretty much ten years later. <laughs> well, you know, we get to rewatch it again. Alter, have you seen Mean Girls before? I have. I've seen it maybe a couple times, maybe three, four times at the most. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it recently, but I do remember enjoying that movie pretty. It was a pretty good one, I think. Yeah, I agree too. I was like, um, I remember watching it. I was like, man, this is actually really funny. I, I don't mm. know why. And so I don't know if this qualifies as a guilty pleasure because I do <laughs> mention it if. If the topic comes up, I'm like, oh, yep, Mean Girls is definitely one of them. And so uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it uh, next week. Um, But before we do that, Aldrin, I know you're not on social media. Do you have anything to plug, like anything that you may be working on or anything? Not really. Um, If you see me around, just say hi. (laughs) Yeah, if you're hanging out in the Bay Area. (laughs) They don't know what you look like. If you hear his voice, guys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you just start asking random people it's like, "Hi, is your name Aldrin?" And then uh it, it's got to have that nice baritone voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you do want to try to contact Aldrin, you could always uh email us. And we'll just we'll just forward him uh the the message uh, on on your behalf. And uh Jeremy, you still don't remember what that email address is, right? Yeah, it's I, at hotmail somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Again, it's weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. Uh, Jeremy, you have anything to plug uh, for this week? Yeah, if you want to follow me or subscribe to my YouTube channel, just look it up. Um, it'll be in the link down below, hopefully. 
Jeremy Pullen Barrett trying to reach a thousand subscribers. Come on, guys, let's do this. Yeah, only a few more hundred actually. He's actually pretty close. Well, for me, you could find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at free Ken A. That's uh, at free underscore Ken underscore A. Uh, all of the information that we've just mentioned will be in the episode notes. And so, uh, Jeremy, is there is there anything else that I'm forgetting? Um, anything else that you want to add also? So what color are we going to wear next week? What's, what's Wednesday again? Is it pink? Yeah, definitely going to wear pink, right? Is that what it was? I forgot. I forgot. When we watch the movie again, we'll figure it out. I, Wednesday, or is it Wednesdays I, don't wear pink? I forgot. Yeah, that, that reference went over my head. It's been so long since I've seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, you didn't know what I was talking about? I, I, honestly, I didn't know what you were talking about. The coordinated colors in the movie, right? I, but I don't remember that at all, too. Yeah, I'm, do, I'm doing the shrug uh, right now. I know you guys can't see it, but I'm do, definitely doing the shrug. Uh, well, I had fun talking Pulp Fiction with all of uh, my cousins, or two of them anyway. Uh, Aldrin, we definitely want to thank you for joining us this week. You know what? You're always welcome on the pat- podcast. Uh, and so, yeah, we'll just try to just let us know and we'll make the schedules work. And so uh, definitely thank you for uh, joining us. Again, next week, we'll be talking about Mean Girls. And then uh, we have a brand new guest lined up for next week, Jeremy. So uh, we'll, we'll leave everyone like kind of on a cliffhanger, get to see who, who, who that is next week. And so it's Lindsay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish, or uh, even better Rachel McAdams. Ooh. Oh man. Well, anyway, stay tuned for that next week. I uh, want to thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week on the reel.